Hey guys, welcome to the broadcast on today. This is Vaughn Radio. I'm your host, Carrie B. Thank you for spending just a few moments with me as I share the word of the Lord. This is also Vaughn Radio, and we say blessings to uh, the rest of my crew. Uh, I'm speaking about the seven spirits of God. This has been a really life-changing uh, teaching um, to the body of Christ because we're seeing the different expressions of one spirit, the Holy Spirit, how he expresses himself in at least seven different ways. And so we're talking about the seven spirits of God. And as I said before, there's only one spirit, but he manifests, he expresses himself in many different ways, at least seven. Um, he manifests himself as the spirit of the Lord, because we're talking about seven spirits of God, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of understanding, the spirit of counsel, the spirit of might, of knowledge, and the spirit of the fear of the Lord. And we left off with the spirit of counsel. Now, counsel speaks about uh, advice. And uh, whenever you need advice, if you ask the spirit of counsel to show you what you don't know, uh, to give you understanding, uh, uh, advice in a certain thing, he will. And I want to just go back over a few scriptures on the spirit of counsel before we move on to the spirit of might. Because I thought about something uh, today, a, a story, a lesson in the Bible that is so important, where God had given this young prophet uh, some advice. He gave him an order and he did not follow. And uh, it cost him his life. And, and that's why I want to just kind of go back and just kind of hit the spirit of counsel once again. Proverbs 1 and 5 says, A wise man will hear and increase learning. And a man of understanding will attain wise counsel, wise advice. Let me read it once again so it can get down in your spirit. A wise man, a wise woman will hear and increase learning. And a man of understanding will attain wise counsel. You have to seek out wise counsel uh, for your family, for your life, for your ministry, for your destiny for that next level of assignment that God is giving you. You need advice. You need to know what to do and when to do it. Uh, there are times when we should just wait on the Lord and not move. In those times, you need to seek the counsel of the Spirit of the Lord, the Spirit of counsel. Um, there are times in my life when I have waited and waited and it got to the place, I'm like, Lord, what am I waiting for? And the Spirit of counsel would give me some insight and some knowledge of the reason why I had to wait. And um, I think it's the same with you. Um, you cannot move too fast when everything is interconnected together. Do you know your life is connected to someone else's life around this world? And God has placed you here to be a blessing not just to the body of Christ, but to the world at large. And I think it's a waste of your time. If you're spending the rest of your life and you're not seeking out your divine destiny in God, you're not seeking out your calling and your assignment, you're not seeking the will and the purpose of the Lord for your life, but you're just going on your nine to five job and uh, you're happy and the only thing you're doing is working. You're not fulfilling destiny. I think the church needs to wake up. The believers of God need to wake up 
and start seeking destiny mandates and being repairers of the breach and uh, picking up the mantles of old, asking God for the mantles that are in the storehouses of heaven. Um, I actually think that God has to give us mantles. I don't think we can just grab them and put them on our shoulders. I think they they come from God. And if we ask God to give us a mantle that fits in this hour, I believe that if we avail ourselves to much prayer and seek in the face of the Lord, then if it is his will, he will give you exactly what you need in this hour. I want to speak about a, a lying spirit because we've been talking about um, the counsel of God, the counsel of God. Uh, Psalms 33 and 11 says the counsel of the Lord stands forever. The advice, the plans, the wisdom of God, it stands forever. The plans of his heart to all generation. So when you have the counsel of God, you have something that is very powerful and profound. But I want to speak about, uh, because this next story that I want to bring before you, I have to lay this foundation. In Proverbs, the sixth chapter, the 16th through the 19th verse, the Bible says there are six things that the Lord hates, no seven things he detests. Now, these are the things that the Bible says that God hates and detests. Number one, he hates a proud look, haughty eyes. He hates also a lying tongue. God hates liars. He hates the proud, the haughty. He hates hands that shed innocent blood. He hates a heart that plots evil, feet that race to do wrong. A lying witness who pours out lies and a person who sows discords in a family. These are the things that God hates and he detests. But I want to concentrate. I want to zoom in on the lying tongue. In Proverbs 12 and 22, it says, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who act faithfully are his delight. The word of the Lord says a person that has lying lips, they are an abomination to the Lord. But those people who act faithfully are his delight. He takes delight in a faithful heart, a faithful person. But someone that just goes out and just maliciously tells lies, a compulsive liar, lies about things that they don't even have to lie about. I'm sure you have met people like that in the course of your walk, the walk of life. I'm sure you have met liars and uh, people that just lie just for the sake of lying. And I think there are some people that have lied for so long, they've gotten to the place where they believe their lies. So it comes natural to them because a lying spirit has now become a part of them. And then it says also, Proverbs 19 and 9 says, a false witness will not go unpunished and he who breathes out lies will perish. So if you're looking at that person 
and you're looking and listening to the life of lies that they've told? How many, let me just ask this question. How many of you that are listening to this broadcast has ever had someone to lie on you? And it, it was a bald-faced lie. They lied for no reason at all. Just lied. How did it make you feel? It made you angry. Well, it makes God more angry. Because the Bible says he hates a liar. And the word of the Lord says, A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who breathes out lies will perish. That person, if they don't change their light, they will perish. Psalms 5 and 6 says, you destroy those who speak lies. Now listen, maybe this is you that's listening. Maybe you have a lying spirit on you. I'm telling you, you better change. Particularly if you're lying on the people that God has called to minister to the world. You know, you have a lot of people that don't have a problem lying on preachers at all. They don't have a problem of spreading gospel, gossip, and spreading lies. We've had some that left our church when I was pastoring that just lied uh, uncontrollably, lied for no reason at all. And the sad part about it is that many people that they told the lies to believe them. And I'm sure it has happened to you also because certain people can lie good and if you're not careful, you'll believe their lies. That's why it's always two sides to every story. If the Bible had only recorded what the Pharisees and Sadducees and the religious leaders had said about Jesus, they said he was a wine bipper. They said he cast out spirits by the spirits of uh, Beelzebub. They said all these different things about him. They made lies. But there was the other side of the story that they didn't want to tell. That he never told a lie. He was the spirit of truth and everything he did, he did it under the law as a man of God. So don't believe everything you're hearing in this hour because some of the things even come across from the pulpit are lies. Because a lying spirit is in their tongue. Let us go to uh, this story that I want to talk about, 1 Kings, the 13th chapter. And I want to show you this, this, this young man. And this story, uh, it, it really broke my heart when I read it again. I read it not too long ago. I uh, read it many years ago. But um, for some reason, it just came up in my spirit today. 1 Kings, the 13th chapter. And let's take a look at the first verse. And it says, and behold, and I want you to listen, a man of God went from Judah to Bethel by the word of the Lord. And Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. Now the Bible says that this was a man of God. He had gone to Judah. From Judah to Bethel by the word of the Lord and Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense and then he cried out against the altar by the word of the Lord and said O altar 
altar. Now this prophet is prophesying against this evil altar. And he's speaking the word of the Lord. And how many of you know when you're speaking the word of the Lord, then the word of the Lord has to come to pass. He had been directed by God to speak to the altar. He had been directed by God to be in that place. And there were some that were there that didn't want him there. And sometimes God will send you into a place where people don't want you there. And they can take your words and they can twist your words. They can take your words and they can get angry. But whenever they get angry at you, it's almost like they're getting angry at God himself. Because truly, if God has sent you or sent someone to speak on his behalf, then whatever that person has said, it's going to surely come to pass. So he's prophesying to this altar. He's speaking the word of the Lord. And he says, altar, altar, thus says the Lord, behold, a child, Josiah by name, shall be born to the house of David. And on you, he shall sacrifice the priest of the high places who burn incense on you. And men's bones shall be burned on you. Now he's prophesying to this altar. And he's telling them prophetically, the people that are around, but also to the altar. He said, thus says the Lord, a child by the name of Josiah shall be born to the house of David. And on this altar, this person shall sacrifice the priest of the high places who burn incense on you and men's bones shall be burned on you. And he gave a sign the same day saying, this is the sign which the Lord has spoken. Surely the altar shall split apart and the ashes on it shall be poured out. Now he's prophesying to the altar. He's saying God is about to give a sign. And the sign is that the altar shall split apart, or split in two, and the ashes on it shall be poured out. So it came to pass when King Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of God. He cried out against the altar in Bethel that he stretched out his hand from the altar saying, arrest him, listen. This prophet of God, this man of God, this young man, had done what God, God had given him advice. God had given him counsel. God had given him a word, direction. And this is where I want you to go. This is what I want you to speak. Then I want you to leave. So he spoke the word. 
the, the king heard the word. King Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of God. And he cried out against the altar in Bethel. That he stretched out his hand from the altar saying, arrest him. Now check this out. And then his hand, which he stretched out toward this prophet, withered so that he could not pull it back to himself. He stretched out his hand in anger against this prophet that had prophesied on this altar that he loved. He said, arrest him when he stuck his hand, hand out, saying, arrest him. He could not draw his hand back in because it withered. And the Bible says the altar also split apart and the ashes poured out from the altar according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. The prophet was in his office. He was doing his job. He had gotten advice and counsel and instruction from the Lord to go to this place to prophesy against this altar. And that's exactly what he did. The king got angry. The king stood before the altar. He stretched out his hand and he told his officers to arrest the prophet. And the Bible says his hand began to wither away so that he could not draw it back in. See, he had, he had stepped in a rim that he shouldn't have been in. Now he was under God's divine judgment. Even this prophet of God, and I'm telling you, in this hour, obedience is very important to God. That whatever God tells you to do in this hour, it behooves you. It is wise counsel from the Spirit of the Lord that you obey and to do diligently everything He tells you to do. Because it just may cost you your life. The Bible says to alter it's split in two and the ashes were poured out from the altar according to the sign which the man of God had given from the word of the Lord. He prophesied it and it came to pass. And then the king answered and said to the man of God, please, now listen to him, entreat the favor of the Lord your God and pray for me that my hand may be restored to me. So the man of God entreated the Lord and the king's hand was restored to him and became as before. This man acting like a big shot in front of all of his officers and whoever was gathered there. He wants to arrest the prophet because the prophet spoke a word that he did not agree with. The prophet had spoken doom to the altar that they were using, and he didn't like it. And when he stretched out his hand and said, arrest him, he was actually stretching out his hand against the word of the Lord. He was stretching out his hands against the mouthpiece of God that God was using in that hour. He was actually stretching out his hand against God. Because God had sent this man. Now he's trying to have him arrested and shut up. So his hand withered. His hand drew up. His fingernails and his fingers became frozen in the palm of his fist. 
so that he could not use it and neither could he draw it back in because he was trying to stop the work of God. Guys, that's all for this segment. I'm telling you, you need to get you some popcorn. Come on back in a few minutes. This is Voice Over Nation. Carrie B. I'll talk to you real soon. Hey guys, welcome once again to the Incredible Voice Over Nation's broadcast. I'm your host for today, Carrie B. So glad to have you. I have been teaching about the seven spirits of God, seven ways at least that God displays his glory through the Holy Spirit to minister to you and to minister to the world the things of the Lord. So we have been talking about the spirit of counsel, which is one of the ways that the Holy Spirit manifests itself and counsel speaks about advice. So he gives you some good, sound advice. We left off with uh, 1 Kings, the 13th chapter. And uh, let me run through the first part real quick and see if I can get through this story. It's talking about a young prophet that had been given advice, counsel, instruction, and order from God to go to a certain place and to prophesy the word of the Lord. Um, he, didn't, he didn't obey everything that God said, and it cost him his life. In the first verse of 1 Kings, the 13th chapter, it says, And behold, a man of God went from Judah to Bethel by the word of the Lord. He left from Judah, went to Bethel by the word of the Lord. And Jeroboam stood by the altar to burn incense. Now, Jeroboam was the king of the northern kingdom of Samaria. He was a wicked king. He led the people astray. He would uh, raise up priests that would minister on the altar to alter sacrifices. He had no regards for the things of the Lord. And in the second verse, and then he cried out against the altar, the altar that this king was about to make a sacrifice on, by the word of the Lord and said, O altar, altar, thus says the Lord, he's prophesied to the, to the altar. Now, everything that God has ever created, um, rather it's an inanimate object or not, it can hear what you're saying. A rock can hear what you're saying. Jesus told the people one day, he said, if you don't praise me, the rocks will cry out. How is that possible? Because rocks have ears. Tables have ears. Your car has have ears. It has an ability to understand. I don't know how God does it, but that's how it happens. So he prophesied against this altar. And he said, thus says the Lord, the holy child, Zo- Josiah by name, shall be born to the house of David. Now, he's prophesying about a boy that was going to be born to the house of David. He's prophesying 300 years before it happened. He's prophesying in 300 years from now, a child shall be born to the house of David. His name shall be Josiah. And on you, he shall sacrifice the priests of the high places who burn incense on you and men's bones shall be burned on you. Now he's speaking to this altar. He said 300 years from now that God is going to raise up this man by the name of Josiah. He's going to take these, uh, these priests that are sacrificing evil things to their gods and he's going to take them and um, he's going to have them killed and place their bones and they're going to be burned on this altar. 
And uh, that's exactly what happened later on. I mean, if you read the story of Josiah, um, he he was brought a scroll and it's and he saw he read where it was prophesied some of the things that he would do and uh he uh took the bones of dead priests of bethel he exhumed many bones uh from the graves and burned them on the altar uh he reinstituted the passover celebrations he did a lot of things so he even took dead men's bones and he took the bones and put them on the altar and he fulfilled the prophecy just like this unknown prophet said third verse and he gave a sign the same day saying now the, the king king jeroboam he's listening to this he's angry because god sent this young prophet to rebuke him and this is a sign which the lord has spoken surely the altar shall split apart and the ashes on it shall be poured out and so it came to pass when King Jeroboam heard the saying of the man of God who cried out against the altar in Bethel, that he stretched out his hands from the altar, saying, arrest him. He's stretching out his hands to harm the mouthpiece of God, the prophet of the Lord, the minister of the Lord. He's telling his officers, I want you to arrest him. They were about to do this young prophet some harm. And then his hand, which he stretched out toward him, withered so that he could not pull it back to himself. <clears throat> he stretched out his hands to point at this young guy, to tell his people to arrest him. And, and in the midst of everybody's eyesight, his hand starts to grip as if it's gripping a ball. And now his fingers are frozen in a ball in his hand and his hand starts to wither away where he could not even pull it back in. Now, everybody there, all of these false prophets that are around, all of these false priests that are around, they're all looking. Now, the king is the highest person in the land. He has the authority. If this is happening to the king, what could happen to them? So they're afraid. And uh, it says in the fifth verse, the altar also was split apart and ashes poured out from the altar, according to the sign which the man of God had given by the word of the Lord. And then the king answered and said to the man of God, please entreat the favor of the Lord your God. Oh, I need you, man. I'm sorry. I'm, man, forget you. And pray for me that my hand may be restored to me. So the man of God entreated the Lord and the king's hand was restored to him and became as before. He's asking the man of God to pray for him. He realizes that he has come up against a God that is greater than his God. And the prophet prayed for him. God restored his hand. Seven verse. And then the king said to the man of God, come home with me and refresh yourself. Now listen, because we're speaking about the spirit of counsel, the spirit of advice. The king says, saying, come home to me and refresh yourself and I will give you a reward. Now, why would he want to go home to someone who's evil, someone who God has judged, someone who has a judgment sentence on them by the Lord? He's trying to bribe the man of God now. But the man of God said to the king, if you were to give me half of your house, I would not go in with you nor would I eat bread nor drink water in this place. I'm not drinking water in here. 
I'm not eating here. I'm not going home with you. Now listen, ninth verse. For so it was commanded me by the word of the Lord, saying, You shall not eat bread, nor drink water, nor return by the same way you came. God had given him advice and counsel. God had given him instruction and an order. God had commanded him to go there and prophesy and leave and don't return the same way. Don't eat, don't drink, don't go to no one's house, speak the word and leave. That's advice. That is sound counsel coming from God. So he went another way and did not return by the way he came to Bethel. Now an old prophet dwelt in Bethel. Now Bethel was a place that was riddled with uh, idolatry. They had high places everywhere. They were worshiping all kinds of gods, making all kinds of sacrifices. And if the prophets were there, they were prophets that were not doing anything or doing the will of God. So it said, an old prophet dwelt in Bethel and his sons came and told him all the works that the man of God had done that day in Bethel. They also told their father the words which he had spoken to the king. These boys, they came and ran home and he told their daddy what had happened. And their father said to them, which way did he go? Speaking about the young prophet. For his sons had seen which way the man of God went who came from Judah. They saw the direction in which he traveled. And then he said to his son, saddle the donkey for me. So they saddled the donkey for him and he rode on it and went after the man of God and found him sitting under an oak. And then he said to him, are you the man of God who came from Judah? And he said, I am. And then he said to him, come home with me and eat bread. Now, what did God tell the young prophet not to do? What did God tell the young prophet to do? God said, prophesy the word, get out of town. God said, don't go to nobody's house. Don't eat their food. Don't drink their water. Go a different way in which you came. The, the old prophet finds him. He's telling him now, come home with me and eat bread. And the young prophet said, and he said, I cannot return with you nor go in with you. Neither can I eat bread nor drink water with you in this place. 17 verse. For I have been told by the word of the Lord. Now, who told him not to do this? God did. Let me speak this to someone who's listening. God has given you specific instructions what to do and what not to do. And you sitting right up here and you letting someone talk you out of what God has said to do or not to do. God is going to judge you for that. You better think real hard before you disobey God in this season. If God has explicitly told you what to do and you sitting up there and you listening to her or to him or to them let me say it again her him or them and you're going to follow behind what they say and not what God has said 
you better look at what happened to this prophet because it may just change your mind. He said again, I cannot return with you nor go in with you. Neither can I eat bread nor drink water with you in this place. For I have been told by the word of the Lord, you shall not eat bread nor drink water there nor return by going the way you came. And he said to him, I listen to this, this old line deceitful man now he may have been a prophet but he was a lying prophet he said to him i too am a prophet as you are and an angel spoke to me by the word of the lord saying bring him back with you to your house that he may eat bread and drink water he was lying to him now the way he got him he said i'm a prophet just like you are and an angel spoke to me and told me to go and find you and bring you back home so you can eat bread and drink. He said an angel appeared to him and he said it was all right. But this young prophet knew that God had spoken to him. And if God wanted him to change his mind, God would have told him it was, would have been okay to go and follow the old prophet. But God didn't tell him that. Because this was a lying prophet. Now, you remember the scriptures that I gave you in the previous lesson? And I was speaking about lying people, how people lie, and how God hates liars. He was lying to this young man. 19 verse. So he went back with him and ate bread in his house. He believed the old man. He, this young prophet, he believed this older prophet. But he didn't know that he was being deceived. That's how Satan does. He'll send someone a lot of times that you may trust or have confidence in. And they're telling you something that is contrary to what God has said. It is opposed to the rightness and the righteousness of what God has said. And you believe it because you don't have discernment. He went back. They sat at the table. They ate bread. They drank in the prophet's house. Now it happened as they sat at the table. Now listen, that the word of the Lord came to the prophet who brought him back. Now God has put a word in the mouth of the old prophet. And he cried out to the man of God who came from Judah saying, Thus says the Lord, because you have disobeyed the word of the Lord and have not kept the commandment which the Lord your God commanded you, but you came back, ate bread, and drank water in the place of which he said not to go. You came back ate bread, drank water in the place of which the Lord said to you, eat not bread nor drink water. Your corpse shall not come to the tomb of your fathers. God put a word in the mouth of this old prophet. Now he's prophesying this boy's death. He's deceived this young man. He lied to him. He, he was thrilled with the prophetic gift that was on his life. Oh, he was thrilled with that prophetic mantle. How 
by uh, the word of knowledge, he was able to look into the future and get a name of this boy and see how many years it would be. He was thrilled with that and he wanted that gift in his house. He wanted to sit down and talk with this young prophet and ask him how he wanted to do this. Maybe he had uh, a visions of what he did in his younger days. Now he's prophesying to the young boy and the Lord spoke to him that he shall not go to the tomb of his fathers. And so it was after he had eaten bread and after he had drunk that he saddled his donkey and the prophet whom he had brought back. Hmm. Let me read that again. Because a lot of times what the enemy would do is when you're working and God is using you powerfully, he would try to bring someone to get you to disobey what God has spoken in your life. Because of disobedience, this boy is about to die. Don't you think that was a ploy of Satan? Don't you think he moved on the old prophet's heart to get this boy to disobey what God has said? So it was after he had eaten bread, after he had drank, that he saddled the donkey for him, the prophet whom he had brought back. And this is the old prophet doing this to the young prophet. And when he was gone, the young prophet gets on this donkey. When he's gone, a lion met him on the road and killed him. And his corpse was thrown on the road. And the donkey stood by it. And the lion also stood by the corpse. A lion snatched him from off that donkey and ate him alive, chewed him up, broke his bones. And the Bible says that the donkey didn't run. The donkey stood right by him. And the lion stood by the corpse. So you got the donkey right there. You got the dead prophet's body and you got the lion next to the dead prophet's body. And there men passed by and saw the corpse thrown on the road and the lion standing by the corpse. And then they went and told it in the city where the old prophet dwelt. Now when the prophet who had brought him back from the way heard it, he said, it is the man of God who was disobedient to the word of the Lord. Who caused him to be disobedient? You lying prophet. You the one did it. You the one got this boy to get killed. You don't want to cause him his life. And there are some prophets out there that may listen to this. Stop lying to people. Because you may cause someone to lose their life. He said, it is the man of God who was disobedient to the word of the Lord. Therefore, the Lord has delivered him to the lion, which has torn him and killed him according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke to him. And he spoke to his son saying, saddle the donkey for me. So they saddled it. Then he went and found his corpse thrown on the road and the donkey and the lion standing by the corpse. And the lion had not eaten the corpse nor torn the donkey. He didn't eat the boy's body. He ripped it up. And he didn't bother the donkey. And the prophet took up the corpse of the man of God, laid it on the donkey and brought it back. 
So the old prophet came to the city to mourn and to bury him. Why you want to mourn now? You got him killed. You cost him his life. You cause him to go astray. That's why he's not even named. He's an unknown prophet because he did not obey God fully. So the old prophet came to the city to mourn and to bury him. And then he laid the corpse in his own tomb and they mourned over him saying, Alas, my brother. And so it was after he had buried him that he spoke to his son saying, When I am dead, then bury me in the tomb where the man of God is buried. Lay my bones beside his bones. For the saying which he cried out by the word of the Lord against the altar at Bethel and against all the shrines on the high places which are in the city of Samaria, Samaria will surely come to pass. He felt sorry for him after he lost his life. But he was the one that caused him to die because he was a lying prophet. But the boy, the young prophet, he did not listen to sound counsel, sound advice. He obeyed the first part, but he didn't obey it fully. And if you don't obey all of it, you disobeyed it all. He was doing a great work for the Lord. And he lost his life because he did not follow the advice of the spirit of counsel. This is a warning to you and I. Whatever God tells you to do, do it and seek his counsel in this hour. God's be blessed. Share this broadcast so someone can have their ears open and their eyes open to the truth. In Jesus' name.